Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining me on another episode. Episode 227. Without skipping a beat, that's unbelievable, guys. And the second part of our Stranger Things collection, I want to talk today about new age practices and whether or not they have crept into the church. Interestingly, I did a a little, what do you call it? A question, a poll, that's what it is, on my uh, girlnextdoor.podcast Instagram and asked if you guys thought that new age practices had crept in. I gave a few examples. I'll expand a lot more on it today. And from last time I looked, 88% of you said, yes, you felt like new age practices had crept into the church. Now, before I get going on this topic, because we have got a lot to get through today. I just wanted to give a big shout out to all the people that I just met in Melbourne. Uh, Cameron and I were preaching in Melbourne and I visited the academy um, the last weekend, just gone, had such a great time. But again, so many of you that came up to me and said, I listened to your parenting. I had one beautiful mum say that uh, my episode on uh, public versus private schooling really helped her to choose and she put her kids in a public school without feeling like she was feeding them to the wolves and um, yeah so many of you that um, came and spoke to me so guys thank you I really from the bottom of my heart I really appreciate it and it also just makes all the hard work um, because it is a lot putting out two episodes a week consistently it just makes it super duper worth it Uh, Now, if you can hear some noises or music, I don't think you guys will be able to hear it. Yes, my new puppy is here. Guys, she is flipping delightful. I'll tell you about her on another episode because we've got too much to get through today. But if you want to see her, um, I've got a little Instagram for her, billy.the.cobberdog. She is a cobberdog, Billy the Cobberdog. She's really sweet. Anyway, guys, on to today. So much to say. Um, now I've had people for quite a while actually asking me in if I would in the future episodes consider talking about new age practices. So here we are. No better time to talk about it than the Stranger Things collection where we're talking about all things supernatural. Now, new age, whether you realize it or not, is actually quite widespread. It's not as alternate as what it once used to be. It's huge in the publishing industry. I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago, there was this book that went totally viral called The Secret. It was all over Oprah. Um, You know, New Age is massive on social media platforms. I mean, you know, it's it's talked about on TV. Um, TikTok, guys, I had a look at TikTok as well. You can get your daily tarot card reading on TikTok. You can get a lot of young people who are into all sorts of stuff to do with psychics and tarot cards, really massive on TikTok. So what the question seems to be is, new age is not so minority as what it used to be. It's not so alternative. So are these practices maybe... Uh, being, you know, just creeping in, maybe un, you know, subtly unbeknownst to us into the church, because there are more subtle forms these days, right? 
it's not all tarot card readings and psychics. You've got, you know, the th- well, the three I want to talk about today is I want to talk about manifesting. Um, and I'm not talking about manifesting a demon, okay? The other kind of manifesting, self-affirmations and yoga, they're three things that are really big in the new age. So I want to have a look at are they creeping into the church? But let's start here. What is new age? What's the new age movement? Okay, so let's just define it to begin with because we always need to define our terms so we know what we're talking about. So new age is a broad movement characterized by alternate approaches to traditional Western culture, right? And I can see straight away just by that part of the definition, why it fits in so well. What have I been teaching you guys now for months and months about the uh, the hard left, their... Um, their aim, I guess, is to pull apart Western culture, right? So hence, you know, because new age is an alternate to the approaches of traditional Western culture, it's very attractive to this generation. But of course, it's got an interest uh, heavily in spirituality, mysticism, holism, and environmentalism. Yes, interesting. I I won't be able to cover all those things today, but we will get to them. But basically, the new age is referring to this approaching era of love and light. And um, let's break down maybe some of the common new age practices or beliefs you would have heard of all of these, like manifesting, which we're going to talk about today, yoga, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, you guys would have heard about the Enneagram personality test. I'm not going to talk about that today, but I will touch on it in another episode because that's big in the church. But guys, it's actually got its roots in new age, uh, self-affirmation, the whole believing in yourself. You've got reincarnation, astrology, psychics, this whole idea of spiritual energy being in objects like trees and crystals and mountains. So where are we at? Well, look, I would say it's interesting. Um, 88% of you would say that some forms of new age have crept into the church. And um, I would say probably it doesn't surprise me that you think that because I think a lot of things have crept into the church. I would say that morals have slipped in the modern church where we've become far more tolerant of what the Bible outrightly calls sin, right? But we've become tolerant, of course, because we don't want to offend people. But there is a slippery slope, right, with our morals. So are we on a slippery slope with our spiritual practices? That's my question. So let's start with manifesting. Uh, So what am I talking about? I've had a couple of Christian girls actually come in uh, to my DMs and say, I've got friends in my church who do this. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So basically, if you use that word manifesting in, in like the worldly sense, it's basically saying something, putting something out to the universe and believing that you'll get it. That's all it is. So it's like you, you, um, you know, it could be money, it could be health, it could be a relationship, it just could be happiness. It's it's really all about creating your own happiness, right? It's like the law of attraction. So manifesting is actually like the center of new age. 
So manifesting is really fueled by the belief that we can make our own life happen, right? By believing certain things, by saying certain things. And that uh, the big thing about new age, I'm not talking just manifesting now, but new age in general, is that God is not the God that we would think, right? As a Christian, God is basically akin to the universe, right? So we're talking universal energy, not like a personal relationship, like what we have. So let's talk about manifesting in regards to the church. Now, some say that it is creeping into the church with the prosperity gospel, right? Which is also known as the word of faith gospel. So this is the name it and claim it, you know, like manifest your destiny by speaking it out, speaking things out in faith. So some would say that there are pastors like Joel Osteen, Brian Houston, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, and a bunch of others. Now, this is not me saying this, guys. This is what a lot of people say. You can look it up yourself that these people, and Christians think this about these people too, not just um, non-Christian people, that they've really got unbiblical teachings, which are disguised as the law of attraction and manifesting, and some would even say the occult. So the view is that supporters of this movement, and most of these people come from the Pentecostal movement, which, hello, that's the movement that our church is a part of, um, that we can believe through faith that we can get anything that we want, right? So that there's this power force that's released through our spoken word, that we speak out what we want. Now, New Age would call this the law of attraction. So like I said, I've had girls write into me and ask me to please speak on manifesting because the friends that they know in their church practice this. But I want to tell you there is a big difference. Um, And so I guess I can't, you know, I can't say, yes, it's creeping in or no, it's not creeping in for this one reason is, um, look, it would be easy if you didn't understand the difference between worldly manifesting and then this kind of like word of faith that we're talking about, the prosperity gospel, it would be easy for a Christian to slip into the more new age kind of manifesting. And the reason is, um, People who are not Christians actually find um, great success or find that manifesting in a new age kind of perspective actually works, right? And so it's like people find it hard then to understand the difference. Now, the reason is you've got to think of it like this. All the laws of the universe, right, are created by God. Whether people believe that God created them or not, they're created by God. And there are natural laws and there are spiritual laws, right? So if you think of natural laws, you've got like the law of gravity, all right? Um, If you think of a natural law that also can cross into a spiritual law, it's like the law of sowing and reaping. Like in the natural, we all know that if we sow something, we're going to reap that same thing. Okay. If we sow an apple seed, we're going to reap an apple tree, an apple harvest, but it's also the same in the spiritual sense um, that, you know, if we sow generosity, we reap generosity, all those kinds of things. Now these laws work whether you believe in the source of them or not. Okay. So take the law of gravity. gravity. If I drop a ball, it is going to fall to the ground, right? Whether I'm a Christian, whether I'm not a Christian, that ball's going to drop. Now, God created the law of gravity, but whether I believe in God or not doesn't matter. It's a law of nature. 
So you're going to hear people who are not Christians, who are part of new age movements or have a bent towards the new age, who say that when they speak things out and when they believe things that they actually see them happen. I don't know if you guys saw the Netflix show, We Crashed, um, about this young couple who saw their company, We Work, which by the way, there are We Work spaces all around Australia and all around the world. But this couple grew this company overnight success. And the wife always used to do this manifesting kind of a thing. Um, so, you know, people that do this, they see results, just like we would say that we see results in faith. You know, we sow what we reap. Um, we believe scriptures like death and life are in the power of the tongue. These are all spiritual laws, but what we can't forget guys is that not only are, you know, laws of nature and spiritual laws are going to work regardless of if we believe uh, that God created them or not, there's also a demonic realm at work. And this is what we've been talking about with this whole series. And the demonic realm also has power. But this is what the difference is, guys. This is, this is where you can only, I guess, judge each person according to their own intent, is you've got to look at what is the source of the manifesting, right? Anything that does not have its source from God, therefore has to have its source in the demonic realm. So the Bible talks about the demonic appearing as angels of light. So that's a counterfeit, like counterfeit money, right? You get a a counterfeit $5 note. Most people wouldn't even know. It looks like money, feels like money, operates as money, but it's not real money. It's counterfeit, counterfeit. And so something like manifesting to me, um, it's like a counterfeit. If If your source is wrong, if your source is not God, then it's the counterfeit, right? Now, the only way to know if you are operating in the new age or not is, is your source God? Or is the source just you speaking things out to the energy of the universe? Like, is it purely just the power of positive thinking? Or am I using a a principle of God, a, a a law of God, but I'm leaving God out of it? Because this is the thing, and this is why this one's a little bit kind of hard to answer, like, ooh, has it crept into the church? It's like every individual person has to answer for themselves. So it sounds to me like some of the girls that have written into me that perhaps their friends are using this principle, the, the biblical principle of sowing and reaping and speaking out words of faith and death and life or in the power of the tongue. It sounds to me like a lot of them are using the principle, but they're leaving God out of it. And they're just obviously being influenced by the new age version, which is just positive affirmations. Positive affirmations, guys, in itself have absolutely no power, okay? That's the new age belief. The truth, though, is in the word of God, and the word of God is alive and powerful and active. There is death or life in the power of the tongue. So when we speak God's word out in faith, we're not manifesting, okay? So that's why I don't like calling it manifesting. So some people would say, oh, if you believe in the prosperity gospel, if you speak out words of faith and you believe that things can happen, well, yes, if your source is God, then that is true. Because what we're doing is 
We are not manifesting, we're simply speaking out in agreement with God's word. And God's word is powerful and sharp and alive and active. And so it is powerful when we speak out God's word. This is a powerful partnership. This is faith and the power of God at work. It's not the universe, it's not some mystic energy. And so something that I love doing is um, mixing my words with God's words. But I know where the source comes from. I'm not just, you know, so let me give you an example. I will say, like, wake up in the morning and I'll say to myself, or I'll say even out loud, today is going to be a great day. Blessings are going to chase me down and take me over. Now, I'm not manifesting, guys. I'm not just speaking out a positive affirmation. And I have no doubt there are probably young people in the church that are being influenced by the New Age manifesting that are forgetting to keep God as the source. When I'm saying things like that, I'm using Um, Psalm 23, which talks about God's blessings following me. I'm agreeing out loud with the word of God. I'm not manifesting good things from the universe. I'm in partnership with God. He is my source. I can't make these positive things happen, right? These things can only happen because of God and his promises, and I can get into agreement with them. Sorry, guys, a little phone call came through, which is not meant to happen. Anyway, I'll leave it in. So, you know, the word of God says that faith is hoping for what we cannot see. It's believing for what has not yet materialized. Now, that sounds like manifesting, right? That's what manifesting is in the new age sense, right? That there's something that we're believing for and we speak it out. And even before it happens, we have faith to believe it's going to happen. But the huge difference is, guys, that our source is God. We can't make it happen through our words, just going out into the universe. Okay. We don't believe in the energy in the universe. We believe in God and God's power and mixing our words with God, God's word and praying because his word is alive, sharp, powerful, and active. And it is a very different thing to manifesting. So I would say that those that manifest in the secular new age sense are merely borrowing a principle from the word of God, but leaving God out of it. And so motivation also comes into it too. So if you're just starting to use the word of God to name and claim it like over your finances because you want to get richer, well, that's wrong motives, right? And only God can judge the heart. Yes, God wants us to prosper, but so that we can help other people. All right, so that's manifesting. So Um, And again, I think because we can't judge other people's hearts or intent, we don't know who their source is. I mean, I guess you could probably ask them what they say and you could work out from what they say, are they getting their source from God? But there you go. So I don't think manifesting has slipped into the church, but perhaps people are getting confused on it if they leave God out as their source. All right. Number two, this is a big one, guys, self-affirmation. Now, I've talked about this before, uh, probably right near some of the beginning episodes of this podcast, but I think it's really fitting to touch on here. New Age is really big on self-belief and self-affirmation, right? The whole trust yourself, you are enough, believe in yourself. I think this one has absolutely crept into the church. And I I see, and I've talked about this before, I've seen people in leadership, Christian pastors, females in particular, posting this. You are enough. Um, You know, believe in yourself. Um, Now, I've, I've, I call this the, the you are enough train, right? And I've seen a lot of Christians jump on this train. I've seen them post, repost. Guys, I've talked about this before. No, we are not enough. 
Okay. Otherwise, why did we need a savior? Why do we need Jesus? It's because we're not enough. And that's actually a really good thing because if we try and find what we need within ourselves, we're always going to be disappointed. In fact, the Bible says that when we're weak, to rejoice because then we're strong, right? So rejoice in our weakness. Don't sit there giving positive affirmations to yourself, um, you know, that you're not weak. The Bible's like, don't, when you're weak is a good thing because you can invite the strength of God into your life, not because of anything inside of us, but because of Jesus in us. But what I'm also seeing when it comes to this self-affirmation, I really want to talk about this. I'm seeing a lot of self-glorifying. Now that is very new age when the Bible clearly teaches that only God should be getting the glory. You know, I see this whole self belief stuff uh, in a lot of the worship music lyrics. Um, you know, we have a lot of people ask what songs we do at our church because uh, we, we actually have got incredible worship, very talented people. Well, actually very godly, God-centered people, I should say. Well, one of the number one keys for us with picking songs is that they're God-glorifying instead of focusing on self, 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 me and how I feel. I call it navel-gazing. There's a lot of music that's doing that. It's like you come to church and instead of like worshiping and glorifying God, you just like um, singing about how you feel. And we should be singing about him and his holiness, lifting up his name, not our feelings. Now, there's nothing wrong, guys, with songs that minister to us, okay? Like, I've got some songs that I love that I just play that really minister to me. And they might be a bit more like about, you know, feeling. But I've been in tens of thousands of meetings in many different environments. And there is a distinct difference in the environments that really lift up the name of Jesus. There's a power, there's a faith present that's really very obvious. But there's another self glorification that I see, right? So I've talked about two self glorifications in, in worship lyrics and in the I'm Enough movement. But there's another one that I see, which is leaders and pastors glorifying themselves in the name of glorifying Jesus. And I'm just seeing it more and more. And I'm like, I don't think it's a generation gap thing here. I think this is a secular um, belief that is influencing the church. And I think we really need to wake up to this. This whole pictures of me preaching about Jesus it's not really glorifying Jesus. And I really wonder sometimes who the hero of the story is. It's like people seem to have their own paparazzi taking pictures and reels of them on various platforms, which they then post all in the name of Jesus, right? And and some, it really makes me wonder. Now, I want to give you three quick signs of what how you can tell when someone is glorifying themselves instead of glorifying God. Because there's nothing wrong, right, with like posting yourself. Mind you, the other day, I saw someone put up their own birthday post with a swipe less left of 10 of their favorite pictures. I'm like, are you kidding me? And by the way, they were a in leadership. <laughs> I was like, not here in Australia. Okay. I'm like guys, that's just so self-absorbed. That's just so full of this self-glorification. So three ways quickly you can tell. Number one, they parade in public what should be kept private. I see a lot of stuff that I just think, that's not for public. That that picture, those words, that's just not for public consumption. That should just be in private. You know, personal stories that make them the hero or per personal moments that elevate them. I'm seeing this a lot. 
or finding ways to make themselves look godly. I see this a lot on social media. Um, seeing, you know, seeing a whole lot of righteous parading and, you know, being less honest about what's really going on, but inflating, uh, what's happening in their church or their ministry or, or their leadership. So that's one way. Okay. So too much of putting up in public, what should just be kept private. Number two, they're way too self-referencing. That's another thing. Someone that, you know, they talk about themselves far too much, and that could be in person or on social media. They offer their opinion a lot. They don't listen to others or ask their opinion, or if they do, they're just argumentative. They put the spotlight on themselves instead of God. I mean, a quick scan of some people's social media pages, you'll see, oh, I don't think God's really the hero. I think that leader or that pastor is the hero. And I, um, I don't. Uh, I say this because I'm really concerned. And uh, Cameron and I um, just are like, are we the only ones that that kind of think this way? But I know on talking to people, um, you know, behind the scenes, a lot of people they might like it and send a fire emoji, but they're really like, what the heck is going on? It's too much. Because um, really, what it is, it's a fl- it's a flex. It's a, a look at me. Look at where I got to preach. Look at how many invitations I got. Look at how powerful I am when I pray for people. Look at who I am, all disguised as being spiritual and doing the work of the Lord. And the third thing would be that they probably talk when they should be quiet. Kind of similar to number two. Um, so mostly, I see this as this constant posting of their opinions on godly matters superior and argumentative on those posts. They might dominate a gathering with their talk, um, fail to recognize the counsel of others, um, and maybe don't care about what others have to offer. So like I said, guys, there's nothing wrong with a post here or there, but we are big believers. Guys, just let your fruit do the talking. Um, You know, I mean, let's have a think about Cameron and I have just been uh, with our really close friends, best friends over in um, over in Melbourne, and we both preached. Cameron in the morning, me at night. Spent time with all of the leaders, and we might put up a swipe left, and one of the photos might be us preaching, right? And and I don't even do that. I preach many places, and I don't even post it. But it's more about oh, these are my last few days, and so it might be a little bit of our you know trip to Melbourne in general, and. I don't know, pictures of the artwork, I don't know, whatever. But rather than, I, I don't know, you can you can smell it. Guys, I know that you can smell it. I know that you know what I'm talking about. And I find it really distasteful. And I do strongly feel that um, we've got a, a new age concept of self-belief and gratification and affirmation creeping in. Now, I trust God's word, guys, that your gift, the Bible says your gift will make way for you, Okay. Be like that. Be that person. You don't have to make a way for yourself. If you've got a gift in an area, believe me, guys, God will open doors for you without you having to become a walking billboard about yourself. Now, you guys know that I preach around a bit. I never put myself out there. I do not repost myself on every platform that I'm on. Um, because God might have given me a, a, a gift of preaching, right? I am shy. I'm just an ordinary girl from a broken home in an ordinary suburb in Adelaide that grew up in this beautiful uniting church. And my view always was, God, if this is the gift that you've given me, 
then you bring the opportunity. And even though I'm shy and even though I'm nervous and even though I get really kind of scared sometimes, God, I promise that if you put the opportunity, I will take it. And so I just don't want to bang on about where I preach and all the things that we might do. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's just something that I've really noticed and that I think I'm really, really praying, guys, if you're a young person coming through, please don't emulate some of the ones that you guys are seeing who do that, okay? It is not the way to get promotion. Promotion comes from the Lord. That is also biblical, guys. Promotion comes from God. Like all you have to do is the hard work, right? You just get really good at doing the hard work and God's going to do the rest. Okay. And thirdly, guys, so we've done manifesting, we've done self-affirmation and glorification, and I really wanted to touch on yoga. Um, I had, when I put this, this thing up saying, what do you guys think? Like has new age crept in? I literally, I reckon I've got about 25 messages that I haven't even gotten to in my inbox yet because you guys were fascinated to hear more about this um, because something that someone said I thought was really interesting and I agree with is that if you're into health and wellness, new age seems to really show up in that space as well. And, um, and I would have to agree with that. So I just want to touch on the health and wellness space by touching on yoga. I could touch on essential oils because, you know, you guys know I love essential oils. Um, and no, it is not a new age practice in my house, but can it be? Yes, it can be. So let's look at yoga. This one split, I feel. Some people say Christians should not practice yoga. And yet other Christians I know either have yoga studios and run classes or classes or practice it themselves. So let's look at where does yoga come from? Because this is probably one of the arguments is that people say if something comes from new age roots that we shouldn't engage in it. Uh, so yoga derives from ancient Indian spiritual practices. Okay. So it's, uh, it's affiliated with Eastern religions, right? So it's an explicitly religious element of Hinduism and also Buddhism. Now, the word yoga, guys, comes from the root word yug, Y-U-G, and it just means union or connection. You can see how it means that, right? Like when you're doing your poses, it's all about being at one with yourself and with the universe and with the divine inside of you and all that kind of stuff. Now, You might not know this, but postures in yoga, you know, like downward dog and I don't know, what are they? The warrior pose, the child pose, they're actually derived from animals or nature or stories, right? And the postures actually have a meaning that goes beyond strengthening the muscles. And I think this is where some people don't like it because the moves are actually rooted in spiritualism. So most of the poses have a deeper meaning or story behind them. They're meant to connect your mind, your body, and your spirit. So for example, some poses indicate strength, like the warrior pose, right? So these are meant to symbolize the overcoming of evil and ignorance. And then the tree pose is about staying rooted and having patience. If you look at all the stories, they're actually not not bad. They're almost like Greek mythology kind of stuff. Now, some do yoga for exercise, okay, while others do it more as a means of meditation and inner illumination to come into more consciousness of their inner self or even to harness their creative energy. Uh, It's all about being in unity with nature, with your divine self. 
Now, obviously, those elements, right, I I think most of us would argue that those things are out of alignment with our Christian faith, and therefore those things should not be practiced by Christians, because the Bible says to only meditate on God's word, that God and nature can never be one, right, because God is the creator and is over nature. And of course, we all know, we believe we don't have a divine self. So the spiritual element of yoga does not line up with our faith. And so I can understand those who would choose not to practice it. But I want to take us back to a scripture I've talked about before in Romans 14, where it talks about that some things are not black or white. Some things are not like outrightly right or wrong. We just have to make decisions according to our conscience. And I think yoga fits this one. And again, the same as... um, Uh, I keep wanting to say meditation, the same as um, manifesting, I think we have to look at the source and the motive. Now, some would do yoga because they're being guided by a guru for spiritual enlightenment, right? Think Eat, Pray, Love, the movie with Julia Roberts. But for others, yoga is a physical posture practiced for health benefits, And I think if you, you know, if you're a Christian and you do yoga and you're starting to meditate or you're starting to find peaceful oneness with the energy within yourself, that would be leaning towards spiritual practices, right? Which I personally wouldn't do. And I don't think that lines up with our faith. But if you're purely doing it for the physical stress release and the health benefits, and if your conscience is fine with that, I don't see a problem. Now you might disagree with me and that's totally okay. But but then I would say your personal conviction is that you don't want to do yoga and that's fine. But I don't think you can put that conviction on other people. I think anything that helps us live well and more healthy lives uh, that contributes to us looking after our bodies, being the temple of the Holy Spirit, I think that's a good thing. And also, I would say Eastern religions don't own stretching of the body, right? Like for me, putting my body into a certain shape or pose does not mean that I subscribe to an entire belief system, right? So I remember years and years ago, we were, do you remember when the color runs were really, um, really popular? Like everyone was doing color runs. So like you would do a, a race and then, and then at the end you'd release all that color powder into the air and there was, people were doing it for all sorts. And so we decided one day that we we're going to do it at Youth Alive. We were like, let's do a, let's do a color thing. I can't even remember what, it was something outside. It was at conference and anyway, we got the best pictures and someone actually messaged us and was like, that's based in Hinduism and that's wrong that you do that at a Christian conference. And Cameron's and my view was, well, maybe Hindus practice an element of that as a part of their spiritual practices, but we're not Hindus and Hindus don't own color powder. And so that's kind of how we viewed that. Now you might disagree with that, um, but I didn't, I didn't even know that that was a, a Hindu practice. So for us, again, you know, just like I think standing in a certain pose doesn't mean that you're subscribing to a belief system. I don't think throwing some color powder in the air means that I'm subscribing to 
to Hinduism. So the Bible is silent on things like yoga and throwing color paint in the air. And, you know, I I think we need to use our own freedom and conscience to make our own decisions based on our own faith. So, uh, you know, and we don't have to accept the spiritual leadership of those who teach traditional yoga, but we can benefit from from their knowledge of the body. You know, the Chinese have um, incredible knowledge on on um, on herb herbal medicine, and of course, we know that there's some spiritual practices that, like the witch doctors and people like that, um, have practices with the herbal medicine. But in my mind, I'm like, God actually created those herbs. So they don't get dibs on, I can't use those herbs because a witch doctor might use them. Does that make sense? So I think we can benefit from from people's knowledge. It doesn't mean that we're embracing a entire system. All right, I want to finish with a bit of a funny story on yoga, but there you go. We've talked about has new age crept in. And I think all three of these were different. Manifesting could be a yes, could be a no, depending on who your source is. Self-affirmation, absolutely, I've seen that creep in. Yoga, again, kind of comes down to your conscience. Let me tell you about yoga. Let me end with this story, kind of funny. Um, I, I've tried all sorts over the years. I hate exercise, basically, other than walking. I love walking. That's kind of my thing. But I remember a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, I thought, oh, I'll try some yoga. That's really good for my inner core, my inner strength. That'll be good for me. Anyway, I, I used to go downstairs and follow some video. Anyway, I was doing like, you know, the downward dog. You got, I don't know, one leg on the air, one leg down, your head down to the ground. Anyway, a couple minutes later, after I'd done the downward dog a couple of times, I think I went driving to go somewhere. And I get, I used to get, I don't get them anymore. Um, but I used to get migraine visual auras without the headache, right? So I'd get all the visual aura stuff going on. I got not just one, but I got a back-to-back, the worst visual migraine I've ever had. And then my whole body ended up having pins and needles. Now, some of you are probably laughing and going, oh, the spiritual side of yoga affected you. No, I did something to my neck. And that is what made me go to my chiropractor. And um, and I've never had one ever since I've been going to my chiropractor. Is that new age, guys? Chiropractor? No. Anyway, ever since I've been going to her, I've never had another one again. I used to get vertigo. I used to get migraine visual auras. And she said to me, Renee, you can never do yoga. Like for you, that just sets your neck off. And it gives me this migraine visual aura. So there you go. I don't do yoga for that reason. So guys, no warrior pose, no downward dogs for me. Thank goodness. Cause I actually hated doing it. I didn't find it relaxing at all. I couldn't wait for it to be over. So guys, there we are. There's our second part. I'm not quite sure where I'm going to take it next week. I do want to have Isaiah um, in to talk about um, the demonic because we've talked about angels Uh, done a bit of new age. Maybe there's some more new age stuff you guys want to hear about. Maybe let me know if you do come follow me girlnextdoor.podcast. I love you guys. Thank you for joining me and I will see you on Friday for parenthood. We'll see you then. Bye.